Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always is my co-host Chuck Bailey. Yeah, when we say we're going to do a quick episode, we don't need to elongate all the vowel sounds (laughs) just to pad it out for content, because there might be certain games we don't want to talk about. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm fine to talk about every game this week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see oh, what happens. Oh, we'll see what happens. Not uh, strange. With us on the other line, he's handsome. He's smart. He makes us look real good. It's super producer Ian Stimson. Are you getting bored of your own intro now, Oscar? Yeah, I got to mix it up. You know. <laughs> okay. Twenty-two episodes in, you got to keep it fresh. You know, you're a married man. You know how it is. He's either bored of his intro or he's majorly coming on to you, Ian, right now. <laughs> Calling you super like handsome, saying, saying you need to keep your, your, your marriage fresh. <laughs> Let's just see where this goes, all right? We, we got a long podcast to record. Yeah, indeed. Episode 22. Yeah, any uh, 22 facts? I got a 22 fact. So in nineteen Wait, 22 facts? No, no, no. Oh, no, God, we're no. meant to do one fact. <laughs> no, no, just, just one we're fact. We're skimming for content. So in, in 1922, the world record transfer fee was broken. Uh, it's only been broken twice by teams outside of Italy, England and Spain. If I gave you 100 guesses, you'd never guess which club broke the transfer record in 1922. Um, I asked. So, wait, no, yeah. Give us, give us a country clue. Scotland. Um, Inverness Caledonian Thistle. No. Falkirk. For how much? Uh, what year was this? 1922. Um, uh, three rations books. 150 <laughs> pounds. No, wait, that was a lot of money then. <laughs> wait, no, I don't you, know. You reckon less. Was. You reckon less. It was big money. It was 5,000 pounds. Whoa. For Sydney Puddlefoot. <laughs> what <Yeah>. a name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a brilliant name, isn't it? Uh, we're going to start introducing you as Ian Puddlefoot from now on. <laughs> well, we are feeling 22 over here, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Happy to have you on board. If you're coming back for more, what's wrong with you? Look at your life, look at your choices, but we're going to run through some news. We're going to run through last weekend's fixtures. We're going to check in on some Predictor League games and preview next week's fixtures and call it a day. So let's get right to it. With our breaking, 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 breaking news. Our top story this evening. Wayne Rooney will be called back to England to appear as a substitute against the United States on November 15th. It is being called the Wayne Rooney Foundation International to honor the striker and his charity. How are you boys feeling about Rooney making his big comeback to the England squad? I mean, it's not it's not an international game, is it, really? It's basically soccer aid, just with people that can play football, and not Robbie Williams' mate. Oh, Jonathan Wilkes will be furious. Jonathan Wilkes, fuming. <laughs> He's not even starting, too. That's my favorite thing. He's going to yeah. be as a second-half substitute. Yeah, so already good to get your game plan out there of what you're actually going to do with him. <laughs> um, and then call it the Wayne Rooney Foundation game, and the FA are donating none of the money uh, that they raised yeah. to the charity. So, great. Yeah, absolutely shocking that that came out. Not, not, no plans for a lump sum or a percentage of. It's just ridiculous. It's a charity game, not for charity. Just makes it a game, and it's not a game that I'm interested in watching. 
Uh, the English FA is basically a charity at this point, so, <laughs> you know, the state that they're in. I think they could use all the help they can get. I and think the US Wayne could Rooney's as well. To sell tickets. Oh, yeah. These sorts of games, though, are genuine opportunities to, like, you know, we've all take the piss out of international friendlies or whatever, but England are in a rebuilding thing. We shouldn't be calling up Wayne Rooney, giving him a cap. Peter Shilton was fucking furious, anyway, about about the devaluing of, a, of an England cap. Absolutely fuming. I've seen him on a few TV programs going fucking mental. He's just worried that someone will catch him, I think. But um, Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is it is ridiculous. We shouldn't be, even for a half of football, like Southgate should be trying to try things out with his youngsters. That sounds weird. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but so like no fond memories of Rooney for you guys in the England shirt? Like you're not. Dude, we hate the England team. like from that era you've got to remember like the reason everyone was getting so excited about this world cup because it wasn't the old england team yeah so yeah of course like rooney did great things and blah 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 but no i don't i don't care all right moving on then our next story man city and paris saint germain are cheating and should be punished according to la liga officials german newspaper der spiegel says city and psg overvalued sponsorship deals to quote-unquote meet UEFA's financial fair play rules, essentially running shell corporations that are actually just the owner and saying, look, we have this massive sponsorship. We're actually worth all this money so we can spend it on transfers. Uh, Do you agree? Should they be punished? And second question, follow-up question, will they actually be punished? (laughs) Um, They won't be punished because they'll pay a lot of money to make it go away. And (laughs) yeah, they should be relegated. Relegate Man City. And then that's one less spot that Palace could get relegated in. Never been any corruption in Spanish football either, has there? Never been any. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my favourite is that like they already got caught. It's FIFA president Gianni Infantino who was the one that negotiated fake deals to cover it up with them. And like, <laughs> Oh, thank God the set blatter days are over, eh? Yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, this, this all seems familiar somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys happen to know the name of the project that Man City used for creative solutions for cost analysis? The Um, name was Project Longbow. And the reason for that is that the Longbow was, according to City's chief legal advisor, Samuel Cliff, Simon Cliff, the weapon that the English used to beat the French at Agincourt in the Hundred Years' War. Remembering that Platini, the guy who brought in FP, financial fair play, was French. Do you not think... They're spending a little bit too much time thinking about their code names and maybe should yeah, just... Yeah, you know like... what we're going to do when we're being a bastard? We're going to be really, really witty and clever in it. That is, that is the exact equivalent of, of when you see those old black and white films and the guy ties the woman to the train tracks and then spends three minutes twiddling his moustache and laughing like, nah, nah, hey. Uh, I just feel like Project Longbow could be like, the main story arc in the next James Bond film. Like it's such a <laughs> yeah. ridiculous evil uh. corporation name, like evil villain comes up with that shit. They're like, oh, we're gonna defeat and cheat and lie and we're gonna give it a clever name. Like it's fucking great, I think. I just also PSG should just come up with Project uh, Crossbow and then just destroy <laughs> everything. Next news story. Football leaks claim Euro Super League talks held by clubs. Top European clubs have held secret talks to create a European Super League, according to a report by German publication Der Spiegel. They're on it today with breaking news stories. Yeah, smashing it. it. 
Although weren't weren't they their clubs openly admitting a few years ago that they were talking about having a European league? That's why it all came out before about how it would affect all of the European leagues if they um if like the top four from England say seceded um to go yeah. to a that's European what they, yeah. I'm sure yeah, I it, it always yeah, it always comes up because commercially they're absolutely desperate to do it. Absolutely yeah. desperate to do it. Well it would make so much money. Yeah, especially if they were in control of all the rights and stuff. I mean, it's just, it would be a, well, you think it'd be a license to print money. I mean, everyone, everyone I talk to would hate it because it totally devalues the big European nights of football, which are the pinnacle at the minute. It totally devalues that if they're playing each other every other week, you know? Right. And I'm reading the BBC story right now. First of all, their Figo claims that it was Real Madrid joining forces with AC Milan, Arsenal, Barcelona. Bayern Munich, Juventus, and Manchester United to form a group behind UEFA's back. Um, And as part of their plans, the clubs have discussed an option for leaving the national leagues and their football associations behind entirely. I doubt that'll end up happening, but that's crazy. That's like when I'm assuming something, it must have been just as crazy when the Premier League started up over there, right? Because basically just a bunch of clubs went rogue and were like, fuck it, we're doing this instead. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, even though I was really young i do remember it being a a a big deal because it took football uh, into that subscription thing like if you like it was all done with sky so if it if you wanted to watch these matches now you suddenly had to pay 15 pound a month so it yeah it was controversial but without doubt the extra money has led to a massive increase in quality in the premier league but there's a difference i think between that and doing it on a european scale where it I, I don't know. I, I think there'd be a lot of a lot of traditional fans who would say, "Fuck it, I'm not. I'm not watching that." As in, you know, I'm not paying the season ticket. I'll just, yeah, I think there'd be a lot of traditional fans who'd be dead yeah, against it. Dead against it. Season tickets and stuff would be. It'd be really weird how they manage that. But then, but then for those clubs, you know, you look at you look at their fan bases and how much they charge anyway. Yeah. You know, those people seemingly have money to fucking burn. Yeah. Yeah, well, and with uh, with the advent of like the international television age in European soccer, where it's, you know we're getting it in the states, you can catch it in Australia, in Asia, in India, it's becoming more and more of a global thing. And so something as like seemingly arbitrary as national borders, like fans from around the world don't give a shit; they just want to see Man United playing PSG. You know what I mean? And so if if the clubs realize that that's where the demand is from a global market, not just from, like, your local Manchester person, then it makes sense economically for them to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they moan enough when they have to, like, travel from the south coast up to the north on, like, a weekly basis. Like, imagine having to, like, oh, where are you away this week? Oh, well, we're in Italy, and then, oh, that's on the Saturday, and then on Thursday we're in Germany. And you're like, so... Yeah, at the minute, Man United can't even manage to get to their Premier League matches on time. (laughs) so we're are you guys definitively against this super league idea then yeah dumb get rid oh actually yeah fuck it fuck all those teams off over them (laughs) (laughs) well act like genuinely if let's say city united liverpool arsenal and chelsea and tottenham all leave the premier league in the most ridiculous hypothetical version of this where they have talked about leaving their national associations and so now the Premier League is just everyone else. Like, wouldn't that give Palace a real chance of winning that title? Wouldn't that give Peterborough a better chance of being up in the top division? 
Would you yeah, want that? But... You can like fuck off the big teams that are richer than everybody anyway. I don't mind, but I just think if you do a European league, if it is going to be a league, there has to be relegation. So how much of a cunt are those teams going to feel when they push for all of this and then one of them gets relegated and then they're back in the league? You're just like, well... Well, they could happens. do it MLS style. There's no relegation here. Like, there are a lot of sports leagues that don't have relegation. That's a European soccer thing specifically, but relegation is not like... In yeah, most so, sports, so then, in most so then not the only world, are you no bringing relegation. in a whole new league, but you're also bringing in a complete different format that no one apart from America has in sport. And as we've discussed before, not having promotion and relegation in leagues is shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't love the idea, but I, I could see an argument for smaller clubs liking it more because it gives them more of an opportunity in England to like kind of take over and become the bigger clubs. Well, I mean, you go four places higher in the rankings by default. <laughs> it's not exactly something to be. Well, at the minute, that that'd give uh, Peterborough promotion, so I'll take it. I'm all turned around on it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and finally, a bit of dinosaur news for you this week, Chuck. Oh, Ooh. this is new yeah, to me. Right? I don't, we haven't yeah. even spoken about dinosaur news. No, I wanted to surprise <laughs> you with it. Uh, buried around the game, Red Dead Redemption Two are 30 dinosaur bones for players to acquire and find and collect as part of a side mission. I know you like games. I know you like dinosaurs. Did your, uh, your little binky go up just now? I did. I got a little a little chub on. Um, <laughs> what, would, what would make me fully erect is, if you find all 30 bones, can you assemble a dinosaur to ride in the game? The article I'm reading says, the reward is worth the time spent wandering around the global map, but it does not say what the reward actually is, so... All we know is that it's a good one, I guess. Maybe you do get a pet dinosaur. My gaming is a good notch lower than you because, like, Finney's only just getting into it. But I've been playing Lego City Undercover quite a lot. And the best bit of that is when you build a T-Rex skeleton in the museum and then you get to basically write or become it, ride it or whatever, and you just go stomping around on Lego police cars and stuff. It's, it's the best. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Lego games are, like, legit one of the most underrated Oh, um, Lego City Undercover is brilliant. They are so much fun. They are so like, yeah. much fun, the Lego dead games. Dead simple, dead simple game. But like, they're so, it's so well written. There's jokes in there, obviously just for the adults. There's Shawshank Redemption references. There's uh, oh, that's awesome. like loads of Arnie film references. Uh, um, Goodfellas. Like, you know, your kid has no idea what you're pissing yourself laughing at, but it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's so good. Well, they got to leave stuff in for the parents so that they don't completely lose their fucking heads. Yeah. Like yeah, it, it's just mind-numbing to watch kids' shows. I, I'll, I love my nephews to death, but I'll be over their house for like a whole weekend of hanging out. And by the end of the next day, I'm like, I cannot hear Paw Patrol ever again. Like, oh, I so just they're can't. like, what, five, six years old or something? Yeah, they're four, yeah. five, and seven, something yeah. like that. I mean, that yeah, that age, the TV and everything is mind-numbing, yeah. Yeah. It gets better. Chuck, you have that to look forward to in the next few years. You're not even on the other side of that yet. Nope. You can still get away with like watching Breaking Bad because she's just like a little yeah. lump that doesn't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. Taking her into the cinema watching Halloween and stuff, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, I wasn't allowed. Yeah. Alright, well that's all I got for news. So let's go ahead and jump into last weekend's fixtures. Starting off with Bournemouth 1, Manchester United 2. Did you guys happen to catch this match? Yeah, I did. Um, 
Bournemouth looked absolutely brilliant in the first half. They were, or was it was it Man United looking poor? I'm not sure, but um, I am gutted that David Brooks is Welsh. I'm telling you, he looks he looks a properly decent player. And uh, I googled him and saw he was Welsh. I was like, fucking hell! <laughs> He's chosen his allegiance. Yeah, really, really. Well, annoyed. you guys ben... can have him on Team Great Britain in the Olympics at least. <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't think you can. I don't know. I think England, like Britain, still do that thing where they can't be professional players in the team or like can't be good. I don't know. Like none of our big players played in the the London Olympics. I can't remember. James Tompkins was in the team. That's all I know. <laughs> in like the starting eleven. Yeah. He's pretty big. He's he's a bit of a unit. Yeah, you're going on size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speaking of absolute units, uh, yeah, Man United are. Only want to play when they go one behind or two behind. Well, Ian, you mentioned it being like Bournemouth in the first half. I think genuinely this was a game of like completely different yeah. teams almost look like from first half to second half. The Kaylee even tweeted out the first half versus second half XG on his account. And in the first half, Bournemouth did 1.8, Man United did 0.8. Yeah. So thoroughly outplayed in the first half. But then in the second half, it was almost reversed. Bournemouth did 0.5 and Man United did 1.8. So by the end, they were about level with each other, but like mm-hmm. completely night and day from one half to the second half. Yeah, I mean, Jose said as much in his post-match, just has no idea why they were not at the races. It looked like they had not turned up to a football match. It was happening around them. It really was. Yeah, I mean, you they do look much, much better when they finally are allowed to go forward and play. Um, I think Martial has been really good because he wasn't in the squad for a long time and he's been he's come in more recently. I mean, he's looked good when he plays, but yeah, it 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 is weird, like the way that they're just—they look dead. They look tired. They look like they don't give a shit, honestly. And then randomly, they'll switch on and be like, "Oh, that's right, we're playing football <laughs> in front of thousands of people, and they want us to win." There it is. There it is. Um, but they're hanging in there, like in terms of the table. They're only three points behind Arsenal, and four points behind Tottenham. So they're right there in the race for fourth. Like they haven't completely fallen off. Yeah, but just, yeah, it, I think that perfectly sums it up and we can kind of leave that game there, that they are kind of in the race for fourth place. <laughs> kind of says everything about Men United now. Speaking of teams that are hanging in for uh, the top four race, uh, one of the other matches that Saturday was Arsenal 1, Liverpool 1. That's a, to me, that's a very surprised result from an Arsenal team that has not been particularly convincing. You know, we've talked about the results being there, but not the performances. Um, they... 100% kept up with Liverpool. The rough XG sum just very quickly was 1.6 Arsenal, 1.5 Liverpool. So that is a dead heat. A slight, slight, but nothing really edged to Arsenal. But like, that was a fun match if you watched it. Yeah, it was really, really close. 2-2 easily could have been the scoreline. Like, they, there was a lot of chances for both teams. Yeah, especially Van Dyke could have had a hat-trick of headers. Um, yeah. Mane had that goal where you could argue whether or not he technically qualified as offside or onside. So Liverpool, Arsenal did get a bit of the rub of the green, but that's a bit of a discredit to say that they they didn't play really well. I mean, if you can, A, if you can hold Liverpool to one goal um, and B, if you can get a point out of them, like that's that's pretty good result for them. Um, And something that you would have, you know, last season, you would have never believed that that was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, yeah, they haven't played that well leading up to this, except for, you know, a couple of matches here and there. But this was 
by far their shining moment so far this season. They played very well, and I think they 100% gave it to Liverpool. Um, does that, you know, we've been talking recently about Liverpool's confidence maybe being a bit low. Um, their scoring had sort of dried up for a little bit. Do we think this is more indication of Liverpool falling off or Arsenal stepping up? I think it's a bit of a worry when combined with tonight about the the Red Star result. Um, it's really, really bad for them um, and could kind of rock their confidence. But it's, you know, we said a few times that they don't seem to be playing as the same team as they did last year. Um, they don't seem to be just going to dominate and outright attack games. They They have more... Um, much more quality at the back, so they they don't need to rely on just outgunning the opponents. So I wonder if at any point, you know, if, if Klopp does go for that and and just kind of lets loose and plays the, the way they were last year, that they would then start to see a few more results and you get those three twos and and four twos and what have you like more often rather than the the one nils and one alls. I do though think that there might be a bit of a personnel thing with Liverpool going on. Last year when they lost Coutinho, I think it made it very clear what their best 11 was, and they just went with that to finish out the season. Yeah, And I think that was a, one of those Ewing theory type situations where they were better despite losing their best player because everyone else knew what they were and what to do. And I think this year the lineup seems to me at least a lot less settled, especially in the middle there. Notably, I think, if so excluding the goalkeeper because obviously he plays every minute, who do you think are the top three outfield players in terms of minutes for Liverpool? Uh, Virgil van Dijk. Yep. Um, James Milner. Nope. He's not even in the top five. Ooh. Um, who plays for Liverpool? Ian Rush. <laughs> um, Miller, Milner's in ninth, for the record. Oh, wow. For minutes. Gowser. Um, Firmino? Nope. Fifth. No, wait. Uh, One, okay. two, three, four, five. Firmino's in seventh. Ian, do you want to throw a guess out before I give the answer? Salah. Yeah, Salah's number two. So there's only four players above 900 minutes. Everyone else is a lot lower than that. Right. Um, Van Dijk, 954. Salah, 941. And then Wijnaldum has the uh. third most minutes uh. of any Liverpool player. So, like, to me, that's crazy, right? Because he's... He, to me, he if they're like as good as everyone says they are, and as good as we've talked about that they could be, yeah. he, him starting the third most minutes above Mane, above Firmino, above Milner, above Keita, who's supposed yeah, to be. He feels like your sort of rotation squad depth sort of player, doesn't he? Yeah, right. And he's one of three players above nine hundred minutes. Hmm. I don't know. So to me, like there might be something going on there with with Liverpool in terms of the personnel. I don't know that they know what their best midfield is. Yeah, either that or, you know, this year where they where they have strength for the squad and we've said they've added some great players, they they Klopp does rotate more. And, you know, all last season people were talking about his rotation and it didn't happen that much because, like you said, Coutinho left and so they didn't really have any options to uh, have really people strong coming off the bench. Who was it that was coming off the bench? Like it was Dominic Solanke and Oxlade-Chamberlain um, were kind of their, their go-tos as their first two subs. But now... Now it's kind of a, a subs of higher class or experience, should we say, because that's a bit harsh on those other guys. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, I think um, good job to Arsenal there and something to keep an eye on with Liverpool, given their recent results. Um, but to, to go back to the earlier, one of the earlier kickoffs, we had Cardiff 0, Leicester 1. Uh, very emotional day for Leicester. 
Um, obviously, the celebration when the player took the jersey off and he had the message underneath. Um, I think it was really nice to see them win. Um, I think it was always likely anyway because Cardiff are such a bad team, but the way it happened um, for Leicester, for the whole city, the only thing I would say is I wish it could have been in Leicester, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Mm. But that was, to me, that was a very inspirational uh, moment. Um, really kind of, they went and the whole team celebrated with the fans. Did you guys yeah. catch that? Did you see that highlights? Yeah, see yeah. The, the whole team, the whole team were, were there celebrating. Casper Schmeichel was up the other end of the pitch, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The minute silence that was done before the game, it wasn't just the eleven players out there. Every single member of uh, of, of the the staff that was there on that day were, were in the centre circle. Um, the 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 mental kind of fortitude to to come back from something like that, and and you know those players demanded to play. Um, and later on that evening, they were flying to Thailand for for the funeral. Um, it's just incredible, like you said, emotional and and fantastic to see them get a result, um, a deserved result. And uh, yeah, yeah. And in terms of the football, I I don't think there's much to take away from it. There, Leicester are in tenth, and they're clearly better than Cardiff, mm. and they beat Cardiff. And Cardiff are not good, and they didn't score, and they're, they're yeah. lost. Like, and 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 with that emotional thing, you know, you can't really. I think it finally puts into perspective for a lot of people who are pundits or or even just armchair fans who who slag off players that that you know it's obvious that things that happen in the real world can affect you, and so in that way, you know, some of the things Leicester did could under were, were understandably a little bit disjointed, and they they missed a few chances or, or lost their heads, and so. Maybe now football fans will understand when they when they start screaming at a player. You know, maybe maybe just have a think that that is a bloke and and they, they can have something that's affected them quite deeply in their personal lives. That means, unfortunately, today they're a bit distracted from kicking a ball into an onion bag. Yeah, I mean, some of Casper Schmeichel's words um, have been have, have exactly shown that that there's yes, there is the sort of pampered footballers and all that, but. That was clearly a club where everyone knew each other very well. You know, he he was he felt really well supported by the boss, as they all called him. And it's sort of like, yeah, exactly what you said. That there, there's some genuine people in the game, and it's uh, it, it can be thought about a little bit more. Yeah, and it was nice to see even former Leicester players who have kind of made their way around the league, yeah, like Conte at Chelsea and Mares at City. Sort of clearly oh, every, being everyone emotional. Everyone was. Everyone that had any sort of links with regards to loans. Um, I saw some stuff with Patrick Van Arnholt from when he was, I believe it was on loan with Leicester, like really young. Right. And um, I'm sure there was something with Harry Kane because he was on loan at Leicester a few years ago, not that long ago. Uh, but just just everyone regardless. Um, it's been a fantastic unifying uh, response from, from the whole football community. Yeah. Well, to keep it moving, I think if Leicester beating Cardiff was not surprising, there was one very surprising result from that set of fixtures, and that was Newcastle 1, Watford 0. Yeah. Newcastle done a win at home against a good team. Watford had looked a bit shaky for a while, but seemed to have pulled it back. Um, I've been playing Huddersfield to do that to you. But <laughs> yeah, Newcastle to, for Newcastle to get not not just a win, but a clean sheet, like that is huge. Yeah, although can I just throw the XG out there real quick because I think you'll like it. Uh, uh, here we go. This is like being at the top of the roller coaster where we're like, we're going up, we're going up. Newcastle <laughs> yeah, click, is so click, great. Click, click, click. We're just at the tippy top. <laughs> Newcastle 
They scored a goal yeah. at home. 0. 0.7. Decent. Watford. 2.1. There's, there's that elite Newcastle defense we've been talking about. There it is. <laughs> 2.1 and they couldn't score. That's rough. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bad beat. That's like when you're playing poker and someone just yeah. keeps calling and calling on a fucking flush draw and they hit it on the river. And you're like, you son of a bitch, you didn't even know what you were doing, and you fucking caught the card. That's Newcastle right now, they just caught their card. <laughs> Newcastle caught it and caught it well, definitely. Um, yeah, whether there's something to build on there or whether there's a fluke result, um, it kind of remains to be seen. But no, it's good It's good for Newcastle um, to finally do a win. Yeah, and honestly, like Watford are a good team. They've been one of the better teams with the underlying numbers and in the table itself this year um so for newcastle to pull off a fluky result let's call it um against a good team must feel pretty good for them um i'd imagine looking back on a horrible garbage season that will be one of the highlights for them <laughs> it's like a, a drop oh, one zero against God, can you imagine like the end of se- the end of season dvd like oh it all culminates in <laughs> newcastle in one watford nil <laughs> For being outplayed on the day. They haven't got DVD players in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd get involved in uh, slagging yeah, off the north. Yeah, Absolutely, do it. Know, and you live there too. You are a part of it, so that's fine. It's easier for you. Yeah, it's a, you're one of them. This is kind of the start as well for Newcastle of a, of a pretty easier run of fixtures comparatively because um, they have had a, a very tough start to, to life. So they've just had um, Watford. They've then got Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, West Ham at home, um, and Everton away. A couple of games after that, they've got Huddersfield and Fulham back to back. So there's really the time now for for Newcastle. You know, it's it's a quite a crucial part of the season for them. So if we see them going up the table, that'll be that'll be very good um, for those guys um, because you you find it hard pressed to be getting points anywhere else at the minute. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's actually a pretty decent run for them. Um, one of the teams you mentioned, and we'll go to that game next, is West Ham. One of the matches of the weekend, West Ham 4, Burnley 2. Uh, Burnley done two goals. Burnley done two goals. The fact that Burnley done two goals and still lost. Uh, poor Sean Dyche. Poor yeah. Sean Dyche. 4-2 is a pretty high-scoring game for Burnley to be involved. Like... But I think it is time to start wondering about relegation for them. I would, but just the question is, why Joe Hart? <laughs> or why their defence? Existential question, why Joe why Hart? Why Joe Hart? <laughs> what is Joe Hart? Um, like, oh, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> he just keeps making sense. And every time you watch the highlights, there'll be a goal and he was just going absolutely fucking mental at the defence. <laughs> he was kicking the post at the Man City game. He like proper fly kicked it. Um, like that Burnley defence is just letting him down left, right and centre. Like Tarkowski for the first Arnautovic goal, just all over the shop. And interestingly, that, that reminds me actually um, of something I noticed that I thought I'd want to... That I, that I want to bring up for you guys is obviously a couple of weeks ago there was that big um, controversy with the Chelsea assistant who celebrated in front of um, Jose Mourinho yep. in the uh, Chelsea Man United game. 
Well, Marko Arnautovic, after starting scoring his first goal after taking the ball off of Tarkowski, uh, runs yeah. round looking for Tarkowski, then finds him, dances round him celebrating, and then runs off. Um, <laughs> which, which just goes to show that there's bugger all said about that and that doesn't matter but a guy does something uh, that's an assistant who is meant to be a professional when players aren't I don't know um, and nothing gets said about that just thought that was an interesting observation well I'd imagine that like justice was served on the pitch after that right like someone must I didn't see that but someone must have just kicked the shit out of Arnatovich later in the match yeah, it's on out of it. People kick the shit out of him anyway, but he's double yeah. R, didn't he? Doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, our favourite Chicharito uh, managed to continue his goal scoring, only scoring goals inside the penalty box in the Premier League. I, I think, I think you I... meant to say uh, Chicharito. Ooh! Ooh there, there we is. go. Uh, that's a that's really what right? I was trying to draw out of you, mate. Javier <laughs> Hernandez Chicharito. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why I called him Chicharito. I don't like it. I don't like nicknames on shirts. Uh, I don't like nicknames on shirts. I don't like first names. I don't... No, not a fan. Um, don't like players wearing gloves. No, no that's all right. It might be cold. <laughs> oh, I find it's know, hard. Like, if, if, well, it's, it's, a, it's a bit hypocritical to let a goalkeeper wear gloves and not let another player. <laughs> I th- that would be interesting, actually. No, you're not allowed to wear gloves. Well, even the goalkeepers? No, no one. My favorite was when goalkeepers would wear pants and baseball caps. I'm yeah, always up well, for a goalkeeper what happened to pants? baseball caps? And speaking of de- this game as well, Joe Hart's the last person I saw wearing a baseball cap in a game. I love that. Cash. Anyway, speaking of high-scoring games, couldn't didn't really see this one going so high, but Wolves 2, Spurs 3, that was... The, Wolves nearly had an impressive comeback with, a, with another... with a brace of penalties. Tottenham were not worth three goals at all. No, at all. I think I think Wolves left that stadium feeling pretty angry not to have won. Forget even a draw, like straight up. Because Spurs are not like I continue to not be impressed by Spurs. For the record, Harry Kane continues, and now a quarter of the way through the season, to average point three xG per match, which is so far down his post injury numbers. Mm. And it's like a it's a significantly big chunk of time now like the you know the sample size is getting there for it to still be 0.3 per match his shots are down to a third of what they were all of that stuff and i think tottenham are following along with him i don't know to me like wolves were the better team on the day let's go to a game that had lots of goals but was fun and incredibly predictable man city done six absolutely smashed southampton I love it when you see that. Did you did you guys see the almost goal as well, where the City players just pinballed it around themselves for about twenty seconds in the Southampton box? Yeah, that was delightful. None of them. I think they all wanted to be the assist, not the goal on that one. Yeah, and get like sneak one more pass in there. It was a bit weird. It was so weird. It was like, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, and just going between. You're like, someone shoot, someone shoot. No, another pass. Ah, ah, Southampton got it away. Ah, oh, damn yeah, it's it. Like, it's like when two people go for the same door at the same time, and they're like, oh, after you. No, yeah. After, and, like, and no one actually walks through. When that happens in this country, someone can miss a meal. Yeah. <laughs> Five far hours t- later. Far too polite, yeah. Because then the first person that goes is, is branded a dick by the second person, if you <laughs> yeah. do just go. Yeah. But, then the other, but then you're just standing there getting fucking angry, because it's like, look, I want to go somewhere right now. Get out of my way. Come on. 
And if I don't say thank you, you just passive aggressively go, well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I usually do that under my breath so they can't really hear me, but I feel like I've got the moral victory. See, that's not a problem over here at all. At well, all. people being polite. No. Yeah, people being overly polite and then you're st- stuck there for 10 minutes. Like, if there was an American in that Man City lineup, they would have shot. They would have not have asked yeah. for a second chance. You shoot your shot, bro. You shoot your shot. Take your shots. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, brah. <laughs> uh, Which is not true. 100% of zero is not a number. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't let that one go. Nope. Couldn't let Pisses it go. me off. Makes me so angry. There but City were City are so fucking good. Like, is there anything else to say? No. Nope. So good. All That's of literally it. We don't need to analyze this at all. They were great. Um, David Silva, done goal. Aguero, done Aguero. Sterling, amazing. Sterling, again, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Sterling, two goals, two assists. Yeah. yeah. Oof, um, what a day. I told you, they're going to win the league. So that uh, should that wrap it up for the weekend? There's no other games to talk about, right, Chuck? No, Nothing, no, uh... can we, no. We can we can talk about the game which I am classifying as the garbage derby or the Garby, as it will henceforth be known of Huddersfield Fulham, <laughs> Fulham shit, Fulham, <laughs> Fulham shit. shit. Yeah, there's shit. nothing to say about that. Fulham is shit. Huddersfield is shit. Uh, just uh, it's worth note- noting. To lead us into our next game, that Huddersfield, with that 1-0 win, now have a better home record than Crystal Palace this year. (laughs) (laughs) And that also shows on the road, because Oscar, Chelsea 3, Crystal Palace 1. Start start your stopwatches, guys. Here goes Oscar (laughs) for half an hour. Oh, I don't need a half hour. I just need about a minute, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I would be lying if I said that I didn't delight in Chelsea's victory over Palace. As Mostly well you should. because you talked shit before I did in the group chat. I was going to be <laughs> totally cordial, totally polite, and you were like, oh, I hope you know uh, I'm rooting for a dicking or whatever the hell you said. <laughs> yeah, you and I was like, you... all right, fine. We're going to be like that? Let's be like that. It's all just to, you know, jump off a bit of excitement, get something out yeah. of you. And I find that funny that you were going to be polite after saying earlier... In the Man City coverage, oh, an American would never be polite like that. So, well, because I like I think, you guys. So. I think that's you, you know, being incredulous after the fact um, of it actually happening that you wouldn't, you piece um. of shit. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. <laughs> right. well, that's what I get for trying to be nice. Jeez. Um, it was a pretty boring match, honestly, though. Like, I got, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was genuinely, like, annoyed at how boring it was until... Mr. Game Changer, Mr. Best Player in the World right now, maybe, probably, Eden Hazard comes on, and within minutes, a, like, deadlock, you know, dour 1-1, turns on his head. Hazard has an assist with, like, his second touch of the match. It it was the psychological effect he seemed to have on the rest of the players. Yeah. Chelsea just lifted instantly. As soon as he came on, Chelsea lifted, and they needed it because I thought... They were looking a bit flat, and um, Sari was not looking happy with them. Um, no. I think Barkley had a bad match, and I think yeah. Kovacic coming on had an equally large impact. He won't get talked about the way Hazard does, because obviously. But him coming on really opened up the midfield and created a lot more space and had the ball moving much more quickly, and Barkley just went missing after the first like 20 minutes. He had a bit of a bright start and then just was gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the the it, the the fact that you can bring you know Kovacic and um, Hazard on as impact subs in the 60th minute, like you know, that's when you you're just gonna change a game completely anyway. I mean, it's saying a lot when Murata can put two past you, but that's just how <laughs> how it's worked. Like any any Chelsea fans listening, don't don't get excited and think Murata's good. It's just oh, he also missed about bad. five sitters too. Well, that was that <laughs> so one no at the end, wasn't it? Where like, I'm sorry, bud, Murata has not been that good for quite a while now, and the fact that he's on a hat trick and then goes for the sheer arrogance of trying to lob the keeper outside the box. But but not doing like a, a lob where you just hit it first time. He looks at the ball about three times, starts doing shuffle steps, and Hennessy's just like, oh, okay, that's what's going to happen now. I'm just going to, yeah, there's the ball. <laughs> Could have just gone around the keeper. Could have easily so two touches. Like, oh, I was watching that on the highlights. I was like, wait a minute. I thought Chelsea was only 3-1. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, I see there. Uh, we yeah, he's good. going full Fernando Torres right now. Like... <laughs> Even when he scores, fans are still like, ah, talking shit about him. Yeah, but even even his coaches, even his coaches, you know, in the post-match interview, he was saying, you know, Murata is fragile. We don't consider him our best player. We don't consider him there. Like, Sarri, it was, it wasn't really giving him a good, like a proper digging out or anything, but like, it, it, it was quite strange to hear a coach speak critically, but quite level-headed about a player, especially in a post-match interview, which they're always so vanilla and boring and yeah. crap because they just ask the same question. Oh, how'd you get on? Yeah, we did well. Yeah. Oh, were you happy with this? Yeah, I was happy with this because we won. Like, that's it. Um, but for, for him to say, like, th- those things about Murata is quite interesting. Yeah, I, I really, really like Sorry. Aside from, like, completely changing the way that Chelsea play football, he's very candid. And he says what he thinks, but he's not an asshole, and he has, like, reasons yeah. for everything he says. So yeah. it just comes off as, like, oh, yeah, fair enough. And I, I think that's got to have the same effect on the players. Like, the players seem to really like him a lot already. And more than that, respect him, because he's juggling a really crowded midfield. And wingers. Like when And the, all the players are coming out being like, yeah, but we're just happy. We know it's tough, and there's not minutes for everybody. But, you know, we have a good squad, and we're getting wins, and we're all on the same page, and so it's fine. And like when you have all the players saying that independently of each other, um, and it doesn't seem like it's a force-fed line the way all the Man United players come out and be like, "Oh, Jose's great. We actually we like Jose. He's great." Yeah. Right? Like th- this has a real feel to it. Um, my concern is that, like all that being said, we still kind of seem to be a team that doesn't know what to do without Hazard. No, no offense to Palace, but they shouldn't be drawing one-one and struggling to score against Palace. At Stamford Bridge. They shouldn't be conceding to Palace. That was another David Luiz special right there. Yep. Everything's up the right side, man. Luiz and Alonso. And like as amazing as Alonso has been going forward this season, and he's having one of the best attacking fullback seasons I can remember, he's such a liability. And then Luiz has to cover up all of it, and he's not good enough for that, and he looks bad, and everybody notices him because of his stupid hair. Yeah. And actually, I love his hair, but it's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But you talked about like having Hazard and Kovacic come on as a plan B, and the commentator said the same thing you had said, where Palace just look like they don't have any kind of plan B. And it either works or it doesn't, and then they that's it, right? Like, yeah, but it doesn't even really seem like plan A at the minute. And it's a bit weird that, you know, okay, yeah, last season it worked for a bit playing like Zaha and Townsend as inverted wingers and, and that kind of thing, but... If you're if you're struggling for goals and you don't have a dedicated striker, maybe don't play a formation where you require two 
and and you don't even have one striker. Yeah. Or just play a centre back up there just for fuck it and just have him as a target man. <laughs> like we joke, Palace fans joke about that so much simply because of still because of that Danny Butterfield thing where he scored a perfect hat trick in like eight minutes as a centre back who was playing as a striker because we had no money and no players. All right, well, that wraps up last weekend's matches, so I think now it's time to check in on the uh, Predictor League. Is that right, check Chuck? Check in on the Predictor League. Predictions of a league of players in another league. It's very meta. Um, Oscar, you will be pleased to know that you Ooh, no longer what? have no. more than 90 points. Uh, you are now on 78 points. <laughs> you are only six points adrift at the bottom, buddy. Oh, we believe in you. You hey. can do this. Finley is holding on by his nails. His <laughs> 72 points. The, uh, Ian's eight-year-old son. That's amazing. Get him on the pod. Get him <laughs> on the pod. He knows more. What's brilliant is he, he seems to have like a Rain Man recollection of what he chose for the uh, 20 places and then he relates it to every match so he'll be like oh I want I want Liverpool to win this one and I'm like why like you, you you're not a Liverpool fan and he'll go oh because I, that they're above what's it in my predictor league so he's taking this super seriously so serious love yeah. it I, I don't yeah. believe you what do you reckon he could repeat the, the entire order I I don't know that he could repeat the entire order, but he seems to, every match, he seems to have <laughs> an allegiance based on his predictor league thing. We haven't revisited that in two months. Like, I've got so. I genuinely <laughs> couldn't tell you my top four. So. <laughs> I, the only reason I know who I've picked is because I literally have it open when we do this segment every week. <laughs> I can't I know I picked memory. Chelsea to win. I probably had City and Liverpool in there. And yeah. then, I don't know, United at fourth, maybe? Yeah, I have no fucking yeah, clue. Yeah. Maybe because I, I think of them as better. I don't know. But honestly, I wanted to break the 100 mark before I started climbing back up the table to win the thing. There was, there was one point where you were at 100, <laughs> but it was it was midweek, so we couldn't, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't, we so didn't get to shout anything out. And now you're, sadly, you're on the rise, mate. So I'm, I'm going to win it. It's okay. There's a lot of time. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of time. Well, Speaking of the actual top of the table, before we just dwell <laughs> in the mire at the bottom, um, no real change again. John OG, 44 points. Adam P, 36. Pad, full 32. Um, so until we see a bit of a, of a shake around in the middle there, I don't think we're, we're, we're going to see much change on that. And uh, our draft game. Yeah, Ian. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Ian's winning by loads. And the difference yeah. between me and Oscar is only five points. There you go. And the way you said that makes me think I'm probably ahead of you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if it was you ahead, you would have said it. Uh, uh, I stand by my picks, guys. I stand by my picks. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's the Predictor League. So it looks like Padfall's on his way to getting that uh, 51-pound gift card, huh? 51-pound <laughs> gift card. What is what is his club? Do we know? I don't know. I think he lives in Germany. I think I I don't know whether we'd have to convert it to euros. Padful, if you still listen, send us a tweet. Let us know what club <laughs> you are. <laughs> That'll be a teller, wouldn't it? Yeah. Are we going to just start doing that for all of our listeners just to check? <laughs> we could individually call them out. Oi, James Doncaster, are you still listening? <laughs> yeah, Adam P. Can we get uh, a message? 
Emily, can we get something? Um, she just waved. Chris, Chris <laughs> Kelly. That doesn't count. That doesn't fucking count, man. Yeah, she's only listening to your third. Fucking hell, she must be bored. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she puts her headphones in as soon as I start recording. She doesn't want to hear this nonsense. Shame. You bring shame to the Puente household. Yeah, she only wants the edited version, Ian. <laughs> If you could walk around editing me in real time, I think she would really appreciate that. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people might appreciate that. (laughs) All right. right. Only joking, mate. Okay. Um, Yeah, we're running out a bit of a shorter one this week, so we're going to save some of your questions for next week. So please send some more in. That would be great. Um, So we can do a bit of an episode. Dave Mateo, sort your shit out. Um, (laughs) Seriously, Dave. Um, We love you. And um, yeah, if you can give us uh, reviews and stuff on iTunes, I'm gonna we're gonna shift it out again this week, where, where we put the the call to call for reviews out. Um, if you do have iTunes or any other apps that allow for reviews, then please do. Um, it helps us to to build the podcast and, and get some more people. Um, for those of you in the Predictor League as well, you know it, we we might up the prize if we get like more more entries next year. So yeah, there's an incentive for you that actually know what you're talking about. Padfall. Adam P, John OG, Oscar, maybe just keep quiet about it because <laughs> otherwise you otherwise you have no chance of winning, bud. Oh, I savor the moment where I'm above both you and the table. Ooh, I am big never going to let you live it down. <laughs> God, never. The All this on shit this one. I've been catching. <laughs> oh. We shall see. Let's look at next week's fixtures. We start off with an absolute blinder. Cardiff, Brighton. Uh, I think I'm sleeping in for that one guys. <laughs> there we go then we move on to Huddersfield West Ham uh, I think uh. I'm sleeping in for that one guys <laughs> yeah. no there's some good ones there Leicester Burnley after that which is quite good um, Newcastle Bournemouth Southampton Watford Crystal Palace Spurs and then we will have what will almost certainly be advertised bloody everywhere as Super Sunday as Liverpool prepare to dick Fulham. Um, if, yeah. if you look at a 24-hour calendar of that, it is currently says 12 colon zero. So I'm going to assume they're just preemptively putting the score in there. Um, <laughs> we then have yeah. Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal, Wolves, and oh, the bloody Manchester derby. <laughs> is that presented by Neil Warnock? Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, we had a lovely time. A this lovely is... time. <laughs> a lovely time. What's that? That sounds like Mr. Garrison. Jesus. That's, <laughs> That's me doing an impression of your Neil Warnock impression. <laughs> it's the only thing you ever say for a Neil Warnock impression. Yeah, it's the only thing he ever <laughs> says. Because it's the only thing he says. <laughs> We've had a lovely time. We've endangered our lives. Um, <laughs> Lester done a good job. Um, that's about it. So any of those catch your eye? On the, let's let's go to Saturday first because obviously Sunday has a lot of a lot going on. Um, Palace Tottenham, Chuck, you feeling good about that? Feeling nervous about that? I'm just hoping everything we've said about Spurs is true. They actually are garbage, and we managed to get a win. Yeah, always nice to win in a true London derby. I know how much you're a fan of London derbies. <laughs> oh, very funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think local derbies mean anything anymore. People always go on about it like, oh, there's, there's like eight teams from London. Like, no one really cares that much. I don't think they step up for that. You prefer Palace Brighton anyway, don't you? Palace Brighton, biggest game of the season, mate. <laughs> no doubt. M23 derby. 
bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. It is bizarre, but that's but that's the difference because that's a rivalry, not a derby. Because a derby won't necessarily be have like history or like reason. It's just because like these two clubs are close, like so they they should be rivals. But yeah, you know they aren't necessarily. But whereas when two clubs you know have actual history and blood that then carries on and there's multiple events over time, you're right. That then creates a bit more of a narrative that makes it but interesting. Like, but Peterborough, Peterborough MK Dons, uh, as a derby sort of thing, has no history because they have no fucking history. But I fucking hate them. <laughs> I fucking hate them. So, you know, I enjoy that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, but everyone hates MK Dons. I know, we can't really claim that as our own, can we? No, I think everyone hates them. Yeah, true. Uh, I have no strong opinion on MK Dons because I only know them from, like, the fucking Carabao Cup every few years they come up. Like, <laughs> don't really, never really encountered them that much. I know I'm supposed to hate Leeds too, but like yeah, hating Leeds is very old school. Uh, dirty Leeds, that's the that was the thing from the sort of late 80s early 90s. Mm. I'd love to yeah. see Leeds back in the Premier League. That'd be brilliant. Bring them back in. Cuz that was the first, Leeds Leeds won the top flight the first year I really took notice of football, like 1991 before it became the Premier League. Yeah. And uh, so I'd love to see Leeds back in the top flight. Yeah, Leeds back. Um who else? Portsmouth. I want to see Portsmouth back. No, fuck That'd Portsmouth. Be fun. No, 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 no. It'll be great because <laughs> because history will repeat itself. Uh. And they'll win the FA Cup once, and then they'll get to the final again, and all their fans will be going, "No, we don't want to fucking win it." And then they'll they'll come close. <laughs> Financially <laughs> collapse. <laughs> Financially collapse. Yeah. Plummet like a fucking stone. Red will <laughs> be involved somehow. <laughs> it'll be great. He always is. He's always involved. That wheeler dealer. Uh, don't, don't call say him that. Face, don't don't say that. <laughs> He's gonna find me now. Uh, He's got a radar for these things. <laughs> Harry, if you're listening, get in touch. Send a question, uh, please. Uh, light well, rate review. He, he probably is. We're big in Barbados, which I'm sure is one of his tax havens. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you leaving that in. You're definitely cutting that shit. I'm happy are. leaving that in. All right. <laughs> I'm happy. Good, if he wants to see me, he can. <laughs> Chat shit get banged, eh, Harry Redknapp? <laughs> Huddersfield West Ham might be of mild interest. At least they might be relatively evenly matched. West Ham are probably better. No. But... What? Are you... I'm sorry, but I'm not... <laughs> I don't really like West Ham. But to say Huddersfield and West Ham are evenly matched, like, you I are said relative. mental. That bollocks. Bullocks. All right. the, the, the closest you can get with them is that they kind of, you know, they both have letters in their name. Um, <laughs> they both have, a, there's an H in there. No, no, there's no, no, nothing close. Look, all the bottom 14 teams blend together for me. All right. Yeah, all right. You fucking up there in your ivory tower. <laughs> Sitting up there in your top three unbeaten. How do you feel about Chelsea Everton this weekend? Uh, Everton are one of the other banana skin teams that make me nervous. We got through you guys. We got to see if uh, we can get Everton out of the way. Ian's giving me a look like, what are you talking about? I'm, look, there's I'm... emotional scarring, all right? It, it just builds okay. up over the years. I do see a theme developing, though, of every every week. You're going, oh, I'm not sure about this one. It, the positivity has what, to come so that out. We some build point. him up and whatever. Yeah, Oscar, just fuck off. <laughs> I'm not trying to jinx it, man. I'm not trying to jinx it, all right? Tell us you'll win. I don't think you'll have any Hopefully. problems. Hopefully. Right. Ian, anything standing out for you? I'm not particularly interested in the Manchester derby other than to see Jose have to sort of kowtow to Pep again, which will be enjoyable. Yeah. 
But I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing how many goals Liverpool are going to put past Fulham, to be honest. Yeah. God, if if Liverpool, after, especially after like the 1-0 against Arsenal and the, the, the loss to, to Red Star tonight, if Liverpool don't go like full throttle, like... Did, uh, I think Salah and Mane both played the full 90 tonight, though. I mean, is there any chance of a bit of rotation? or? No, it's Fulham, man. It's Fulham. <laughs> no, no, no. I said, is there any <laughs> chance could've... of rotation? I didn't say, is there no, any chance no, of Fulham? No, because Salah could play with like a dislocated shoulder. Mane could break the rest of his fingers. Firmino could get poked in both eyes. Like, it wouldn't make Blind. a difference. <laughs> Liverpool Blind are going <laughs> to... Yes, they're gonna just uh, dick yeah. Fulham. Yeah, okay. just dicked. But no, I'm looking forward to that proper early game on the Sunday. Lovely old job. Yeah, that's gonna be real early over here too. Yeah, yeah, it will be. For you, yeah, sleeping. Yeah. Make the most of your sleeping Saturday, Oscar, because yeah. you're not Don't sleeping watch in Sunday. On Saturday. Just sleep through Saturday. Yeah, I might just go have fun. Oh, actually, I'm getting. I have like a five-hour tattoo session on Saturday, so I probably I'm not gonna actually watch any of that. Oh, well, there you go. But Sunday, I'll watch all the matches because there's gonna be a bunch of good ones. And Aston Wolves is, is interesting as well. The Man City, Man United, you never know what can happen in that game because obviously last year, right at the tail end, City were 2-0 up and, and United came back to win. Never underestimate Mourinho's ability to be petty and like no, no. pull something out of a hat just against Pep because he hates Never Pep. underestimate his ability to retake the lead in the narrative and, and just <laughs> take control of it with bastard results. And he, you know, obviously they, they want to be the ones to end City's unbeaten run. Oh, that would be nice. Ooh, imagine <laughs> that United pull something off and then Liverpool and Chelsea both score a bunch and it goes exactly level on points and goal difference at the top of the table. That'd be so exciting. I mean, there's 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 a 10-goal swing between Chelsea and Man City and a 13-goal swing for goal difference between Liverpool and Man City. Yeah, I just said a bunch of goals. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like I said, Liverpool are playing Fulham, so they can make up twelve of those there. Um... (laughs) I love the way we're genuinely pulling for a twelve-nil victory. (laughs) God, I hope so. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Uh, Mitro is damp. Um, He's out. So Uh, yeah, yeah. fuck it. Out my fantasy. Out my fantasy team. team. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. in peace. My God. R.I.P. in peace. Rest in peace. Peace. Yeah, that's that's a thing the kids say. All right. Oh, the that's kids. Dumb. Wait, do you guys really have never heard that? But no. I've heard it, but I've heard it said by stupid people who don't know what RIP stands for. Oh, that's that's why I think it's funny to say. It's like people who say pin number. Uh, it's not. It's not a pin yeah, or number. ATM machine. Yeah, or guesstimate. You fucking twat. It's not a word. <laughs> wow. Ian, do you have anything that pisses you off for no reason? I mean, I'm going to keep saying R.I.P. in peace, for the record, because I think it's funny <laughs> to begin with, and now I know it pisses you off. So. <laughs> Rip. I don't get it. I don't know. I'm not down with the kids. None of us are. <laughs> well, Oscar seems to be, but I'm not sure. Uh, Oscar thinks he is. Yeah. All right. Good podcast. See you all <laughs> next week. It is time for us to say goodbye, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. And a preemptive thank you for all of the editing you inevitably have to do again. Um, thank you, Oscar. I guess um, you got R. I. P. In peace, our friendship. Our in- <laughs> yeah, indeed, <laughs> absolutely. I can't even look at you right now. And thank you from me. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.